It is so good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen, amen. Appreciate everyone that come here tonight. Amen. Thank God the cold gave us a break and warmed up. Amen. But for winter, we actually would have been pretty mild. Pretty mild. Well, I want to start out with a little testimony. Two weeks ago, you know, if, if you that know me here you know that I, in the Sunday morning we go out the side here where the buses are and we kind of try to be a safety watch and try to help keep the kids from getting in fights, which occasionally they do kids are kids. <laughs> kids are just kids, but I just happened to be out there, and when the bus rolled up, Sister Kim's bus, a little girl was on the bus that couldn't walk, and it just so happened that, I don't know, me and Brother Eric was there, and she needed help inside, and it, I ended up volunteering to, to help. I had to carry her in. Well, so I carried her in from the from the bus all the way inside, and then, you know, you all know this, have kids, that when you pick up a kid and carry them, their legs are either doing one of two things. They're either fighting you or they're, or they're maybe trying to hang on a little bit to help you a little bit. But I want, uh, my testimony is this little girl's legs just hung down. They just hung down. They didn't move. They did not move. They just hung down. And uh, we got her to the, to the uh, pew there in the front. And uh, as church went on, I came back in actually at the in there to try to find her to see where she's at because I noticed she hadn't came out and sister Kim and everyone had her up front and they were praying for her so I thought praise God and then when sister Kim came outside she was shouting because that little girl they they picked her up out of the wheelchair I brought a wheelchair around to help her out so that she could get out she was able to stand and praise God and sister Kim told me last week that when that her dad saying now she is getting up and and walking around at, at her house praise God God is a healer Amen sister that you got prayed for tonight when you ask the Lord a healing don't come because we're anything or or anything a healing comes because of your love to God and you just ask Him you say Lord whatever you need from God ask Him He said ask and you shall receive praise God. God is so good. God is so good. Amen, amen. I want to start out tonight. We are living in crazy, I don't say crazy. Have you ever thought of, how many of you ever thought, you know, wouldn't you like to be maybe back in the days of David and seeing David out there and battling Goliath or, or maybe Elijah or Elisha or one of those great Bible stories? Well, friends, buckle your seatbelt and hang on. Because we are in the days of the, of the Word of God. We are in the days of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're seeing a coming together of things and events happening in the world. You, you're living in the most exciting times, probably right now, that this world has ever saw. I just wanted to show you something here just for your information. This is just for your information. In uh, Revelation 12 and 1, says, And to the angel of the church of Pergamos, or in Pergamos, write, These things saith he, which hath the sharp sword with two edges. He said, I know thy works, and where thou dwellest. Yes. Notice he says, even where Satan's seat is. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. It is very interesting. I did a little research on this. There was a, in Pergamos, in that city, 
There actually was a temple unto Zeus. Zeus is equivalent for Satan. It means the same thing. There was a temple there for Zeus. And in the in way down the road, the the Nazi the Nazi Germans actually took that temple, dismantled it, moved it to Berlin, Germany. And in a podium in front of the it's a if you, you can all look it up, look that up on YouTube or Google or whatever, look it up. Get a picture of it where you can see it because it's very interesting. These things are coming up, amen, that, that, these, that you can see these things in the, our modern day world. There, there's even politicians that have stood before mock ones that look exactly like this to this day. That happened in 2008 in Denver, Colorado. But, but Hitler himself in a podium in front of those steps launched the Holocaust. I tell you folks, Satan loves to hide in darkness, but when you shine light of where he's at, it makes it kind of hard for him to hide. Amen. Well, this is not my lesson. I just wanted to teach it. Show you that just for just for in for your information. Amen. This is not going to be a message of condemnation or anything. I want it to, it's going to be uplifting and hang with me at the end of it. It's going to all be good. But I'm going to we're going to teach tonight that I'm not going to worship Baal. I'm not going to worship Baal. History repeats itself. Nations repeat the same mistakes that one nation made, another nation will make it. Let me just throw this out here for you. There's another thing I learned, I didn't realize it. But if there's only two nations that we know of in the world that started out with their uh, being dedicated unto God. One of them was Israel. The other one was the United States of America. The United States of America was dedicated unto God. In New York City, the place where the Twin Towers were, ground zero. That was the capital then in that day, not Washington, D.C. And General George Washington, and the, well, then he was president, the first president of the United States, and the Senate and the Congress went down to that place, and they knelt and they prayed and had the first, first prayer for America, and they prayed a dedication, amen, to God of this country. This country was to be the city that shined on a hill. This was a city that, or the country that was going to let the gospel shine throughout the world. And let me tell you, the United States of America, yes, it's got problems. It's not perfect. But we have sent out more, more gifts of more gifts. We have sent out more evangelists. We've sent out more missionaries than almost any other nation in the world. Praise God. Praise God. But remember, if we mess up, and here's what we're going to start. 1 Kings chapter 16 and verse 29. Amen. Okay, okay, Sam, he don't have a, that's all right. And in the 30th and 8th year of Asa, king of Judah, began Ahab, the son of Ori, to reign over Israel. And Ahab, the son of Oram, reigned over Israel in Syria 20 and 2 years. And then the, the Bible always shows, the Bible don't sugarcoat anything. It tells you exactly what's going on. And in verse 30, And Ahab the son of Oram did evil in the sight of the Lord above all that were before him. And it came to pass, if it had, 
If it had been a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, he took to wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ethabel, king of the Zidonians, and went and served Baal and worshipped him. Here's where we're going to start. It's very interesting. When you look up the names of every, of every noun in the Bible, of the, of, whether it be people's names, whether it be the place, there's a meaning. Jezebel meant the daughter of Baal. Notice her father was Ethabel. That meant the father of Baal. They were pagans. He married a pagan wife from a pagan country. And now Israel had already had some problems. This was the northern tribe. And they'd already had some problems. But now they fully embraced this worship of Baal. Baal was the male entity. entity, And Ashtaroth was the female entity of, of their... Of their uh, Oh, what do you want to call it? They're deities that they had come up with. And it was a very lustful. It was a very violent. It was a very vile practice. It was practiced throughout, throughout, the, throughout Israel. It don't matter Israel or wherever this pops up. It, it follows the same track and the same course. And then we're going to find out in just a few, as or a little bit later, that they had caused Israel to sin so much. Well, let me just show you real quick in Leviticus chapter 18. God had made some statements, and it is still true to this day that no matter who does it, this is what happens. In Leviticus 18 and 24, God said, Defile not yourselves in any of these things. And if you... You can look this up yourself and read Leviticus 18. It is talking about human relationships, the relationship that God began in the Garden of Eden between man and woman. And God said, Don't defile not yourselves in any of these things, for in all these the nations are defiled, and I will cast which I cast out before you. And the land is defiled, therefore I do, not, I do visit the iniquity thereof upon it. And the land itself, the Bible says, vomiteth, vomiteth out her inhabitants. There's a reason why nations rise and nations fall. There's a reason why people come into power and people leave power. It's because God has moved. And God has made it so that those that were in power are gone because they defiled themselves. This has happened time and time and time again over the nations. This is not some new thing. This happened way back before the flood when God had to, when God had to cleanse the earth in that time. They had defiled themselves. And the Bible said that the very land itself would vomit them out if they didn't repent, if they didn't get right, if they didn't do what they were and turn or didn't do right and turn back to God. And let me go back to where we were in 1 Kings 18. When things happen in the, that are not supposed to happen, when, the, when nations a, a, adopt to themselves practices, things that are abominations unto God, God gets their attention. God gets their attention. We find the man Elijah just blasting into the scenes of the Bible. It doesn't give us anything to tell of, of where he was, of his childhood or anything. First Kings 17 and 1 just says, 
And Elijah the Tishbite, whom was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, God knows how to stir, 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 stir it up. God knows how to put the pressure on people so that all of a sudden before they were just living in their pleasure, now instead of living in their pleasure, they're feeling circumstances, they're feeling problems, they're feeling, they're feeling some things. And Elijah says, They have as the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand. There shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came into the saying, this is, this is to Elijah, Get thee hence and, and turn eastward and hide thyself by the brook of Cherub, which is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook and have commanded ravens to feed thee. Praise God. So now the word of the Lord came unto old wicked Ahab and said, It's not going to rain, Ahab, until I say so. And Elijah just turns and leaves. Now Ahab probably sat there and said, I don't know who this fool is. You know how the world is. They're thinking, I don't know who this crazy guy is. He just said, I'm not going to listen to him. He's crazy. Why should I even listen to this guy? But when it didn't rain for the first year, <laughs> old, uh, old Ahab was kind of wondering, I think it's going to rain. It didn't rain the second year. It didn't rain the third year. And all of a sudden, it started getting not just bad, but real bad. Not only did it get so bad that the brook that the Lord told Elijah to go by, it dried up. He sent him to Zarephath. And there at Zarephath, he commanded a widow to, to sustain him, which she did. And God did miracles in her house. Praise God. We're still living in the day of miracles. God, like the brother said, the Lord may have took his house. Or not say necessarily maybe the Lord, but the devil. Someday in the book of Job, the devil took some things. But you know what? If the devil takes something from you, God can give him back tenfold. He's not limited on to how much he'll pay you back a hundredfold. Amen. He does own the cattle of a thousand, a thousand hills. He does have the oil under the ground. He owns the gold under the ground. It's his. If the devil takes something from you, praise the Lord, sister. The devil takes something from you, God's going to give it back. Pray for Sister Hanchy. Amen. Pray for her. The devil's trying to take some things from her that are hers, and we're not going to let it happen. The Lord is going to bless you, sis. Amen. And he can do it more than just a little bit, more than one time, more than ten times. He can do it a hundred times. But Ahab is beginning to feel the consequences of what they've done. Now all of a sudden, Elijah is the number one man they're hunting for. Now Ahab is going all over the nation, all over that realm, all over that realm, trying to find Elijah, but he couldn't find him. He was trying, a lot of years had passed by. Now Ahab was really interested in finding this guy named Elijah. He said, I'm going to talk to him. Old Ahab was thinking, I'm going to straighten him out. And when we get to chapter 18, we find that Elijah comes before one of Ahab's servants and said, I'm going to show myself to Ahab. In, a, in fact, in 18 and 5, And Ahab said unto Obadiah, Go into the land, unto all the brooks of water, into all the, into all the brooks. Peradventure we may find grass to save the horses and the mules alive, that we lose not all the beasts. They were about to lose everything. Every animal they had was about to die of thirst. They didn't have no food. It was, it was a tough time. 
Sin can put you in a tough place. Sin can all of a sudden change what used to be waters of pleasure, what seemed to be waters of freedom. It's not. Amen. If God didn't bless it, let me say, stay away from it. Get far away from it. The reason I said we're not going to worship Baal, because this nation is heading down a strange path. This nation is trying to accept things that God said, these are things you don't do. I never come up with the idea. I didn't come up with it at all. I do agree with God 100%. But he said, these things you don't do, least it, it becomes an abomination. And finally, Elijah taught, or, taught, or uh, <clears throat> can, convinced Obadiah to tell, go tell Ahab that I'm going to meet him because Obadiah was scared to death. He knew how hard Ahab had been searching for Elijah. Now all of a sudden he's just going to pop up. He was afraid that Ahab was going to kill him or that Elijah wouldn't show up. And Elijah assured him, I'm going to be there. I'm going to talk to Ahab. So Obadiah sets up the meeting. And then in verse 17, 1 Kings 18 and 17, And it came to pass, when Ahab saw Elijah, that, Elijah, or that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? And he answered, this is Elijah, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and hast followed Balaam. Let me tell you, this country, and it didn't start just in the last few years. It started a long ways back. It, we can go back a long ways. When they started chasing after the pleasures of the flesh, when they started chasing after the lust of Hollywood and everything that gets put out there and the, the music changed and, and it, it, it changed from being wholesome to being sensual and being devilish, it's, it may have started out small. Do you realize that when a plane takes off from New York to go to London, they have to stay on course. They have to have navigators there to sit there and tell them, okay, we're, 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 we're off a half a degree. You might say, oh, oh, just a half a degree? That's not going to hurt nothing. But if they stay off the course just that half a degree, by the time they get to the other side, they're going to be hundreds of miles away from where they needed to go. And that's the same thing that happens in the world. That's the same thing that happens with sin. The devil will say, oh, you're just off just a little. That's all right. You're just off a little. But if you keep following that path, you keep following that route, you keep going that way, when it comes to the end, you're going to miss it. You're going to miss your destination. You're not going to end up where you wanted to be. I'm teaching this tonight not to put condemnation on anyone. I'm not teaching this to put to have anyone feel guilty of anything. I'm teaching this to say we know how to get it right. We know how to get you back on course. We know how to get you back where you need to be. Forgiveness is free and the Lord has got the doors of salvation wide open. It's wide open right now. But it came to a head. And it's going to happen in this world again. It's going to repeat itself again. The, the bale is rising up in the land. Do you know? In New York City, they went over there in Samaria or somewhere and took and dismantled an arch. That archway, it's a big archway of one of the temples of Baal in Samaria or somewhere over there in the Middle East land. They erected that arch in New York City 
And it's, you can go up there now and it says the Arch of Baal in New York City. The place of our dedication to God. Baal worship is full-blown in the music of today. It is full-blown in the, in the promiscuous sexuality of the day. It is full-blown in so many things in our culture, and it's crept in slowly. It crept in slowly. Like I say, it, it got us off just a little bit. It got us off just a few degrees. But now that we've went, I don't know how far you got to go back, but it, from the 50s or the 40s or wherever, the, as the decades passed, we've got further and further and further away. And now you see almost anything you want on primetime TV right now saying words that we wouldn't say. My God, my God, I'm feeling something here tonight, and I'm not picking on nobody. But Ahab said, Elijah, you're troubling Israel. No, that's not the case. Ahab, your sin is causing the trouble. Here we go. Verse 19, now therefore send and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel. Mount Carmel is a very interesting place. It is a mountain that overlooks the sea to the, to the far west of Israel. And to the north of Mount Carmel is a valley called the Valley of Megiddo. Or the place of troops where the battle of Armageddon is to be fought. He gets them there on the top of Mount Carmel. He said, now therefore, gather, and, yeah, gather me all Israel unto Mount Carmel and the prophets of Baal. Notice 450. And the prophets of the groves, 400, which eat at Jezebel's table. You know what? We might be outnumbered once in a while. That was one against 850. Now that's not really too comfortable odds. <laughs> I'm an, would I be out there all brave? Against 850 prophets of Baal, I'm sorry, that'd be a little bit intimidating. But when you know that you have the Lord with you, when you know you're walking in faith, you don't get that from just reading the Bible. You get that in prayer. You get that in repentance, water baptism in Jesus' name, and getting filled with the Holy Ghost. And you know that the Spirit of God is with you. Friends, we got to keep that... You that's received the Holy Ghost and you haven't talked in tongues in a long time, it's my invitation to come up here at the end of this and, and talk to God. Reach out, pray through again. The Bible talks about the washing and the, and the regenerating and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. We need to keep that renewed on our life. That the Lord can speak to us, that He can lead us, that He can guide us. And Elijah walking in faith, this is what faith can do. In the front of 850 prophets of Baal. So Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? He said, Let's just settle this. And you know what? The world, it's coming. It's coming. We've seen the spirits that are fighting in, in the invisible world. We see it manifested in the physical world. There's a reason why we're seeing some of the most crazy political divisions we've ever seen in our, our life. In my life, anyway. It's amazing the things that, that one side of the... I'm not picking on necessarily the Democratic Party, but I mean, there's a, there's a voice 
that's coming from somewhere. It's not the Democrats that I knew when, when I was younger or, or back in the 40s or 50s. I'm not picking on them. But there's a voice coming. And that voice is coming from the spirit of Baal. It's coming from the spirit of Satan. It wants to destroy children. My God. When old Pharaoh, you knew that Pharaoh was possessed of the devil when he started destroying the little children and the Israeli children when he started throwing them into the Nile River and letting the crocodiles eat them. You know that Satan's rising his head up when, when blood is beginning to be shed and people are dying. But here we are. We're seeing a, it's going to come to a head. It is going to come to a place. And Elijah is bringing them there. He said, okay, folks, how long are we going to talk this? He says, if the Lord be God, follow him. Yeah. Amen. Then he says, but if Baal be God, then follow him. The people answered not a word. They said, okay, you know, we'll just have a little contest. We'll check this out. We'll find out who, who wins this deal. Then said Elijah unto the people, I, even I alone, remaineth the prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. He said, let them therefore give us two bullocks or two cows. And let them choose one bullock for themselves and cut it into pieces and lay it on wood and put no fire under. He said, I'll dress the other bullock and lay it upon wood and put no fire under it. And, and call ye on the name of your gods. And he said, I'll call on the name of the Lord. <laughs> Notice the gods is little G-O-D-S. But he said, I'm going to call on the name of the capital L-O-R-D. And the God that answereth by fire, let him be God. And all the people answered and said, it's well spoken. So the contest is about to begin. Amen. Even Elijah's name, El Elijah. El means God. Yah means the, the, the name of the Lord or Jehovah. Elijah means my God is Jehovah. Comes face to face with Jezebel, which basically is saying she's a daughter of Baal. It's a contest between God and Baal. So they start out, the prophets of Baal, 450. They, I don't know how many of them did it all. When you add it all up, it's some 800. They were all out there screaming. They were all out there shouting. They were all out there having a big old time. And they were calling out and doing all their customs that were, that were evil, that were vile, that were vicious. And violent and all kinds of different things. We know that because about, it took almost half, yeah, here it is in verse 27. It came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked him <laughs> and said, cry aloud for, for he is a God. Either he is taken or he is pursuing or he's in a journey or peradventure he's sleepeth. You better wake him up. <laughs> and they cried aloud. And it said, and they cut themselves after the matter of knives and lances till blood gushed, gushed out of them. You'll know, that, you'll know that the spirit of Satan is around when it, when it wants to, to cut flesh and defile. You wonder why young people are, or end up slitting their wrists and doing crazy things. That's because the spirit of Baal is there. That's because the spirit of Satan is, in, is influenced behind that. It reveals itself here in the Word of God. Friends, get away from it. I'm not going to serve Baal. I'm not serving Baal. I'm serving the God that created heaven and earth and all that's therein. 
He said, I love you. And I'm going to bring you to a place of, of peace. Bring you to a place of love. Bring you to a place that's wonderful and beautiful. Can you imagine this mess that's going on here with all these prophets of Baal and all they're doing? And not a single thing happens. Not a single solitary thing happens. The Bible said it waited till the time of the evening sacrifice. That's when everybody prayed. That's when the Jews got together. They had the evening sacrifice. That's where they bowed down and cried unto the Lord. And said, you're God. We're your people. They prayed. That was a time of hour of dedication and prayer unto God. We need to make sure we have that in our lives also. You need to have a place. It's amazing. I've heard it said. I'll confess I haven't done it as much as I need to. But I know of men and women that have said they had a certain hour that they'd get up and pray every day. That had done that every day. And prayed for that hour every day. And someone... and, and and I've heard of them going to the hospital and it, it, being almost in a coma or whatever. or being. But at that hour, God would wake them up and they'd have that hour with God. And at this time, verse 29, it came to pass when midday was past. And they prophesied until the time of the evening or the offering of the evening sacrifice. That there was neither voice nor any answer nor any that were regarded. 850 prophets of Baal looked pathetic. They were hot. They were covered with blood, dust and mud, and not a single solitary puff of smoke came up from their sacrifice. And Elijah said unto all the people, Come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord as broken down. You know what? When the altar of the Lord gets broken down, yes. prayers don't happen. Things don't happen. How do you make the altar? I, I, I'm, I'm repeating myself. But you do that by making you a place to pray. You do that by making sure you have a place that you touch God. That you have a place that you touch Him. How are we going to get people pray? Stop and think for a second. When people come to this house and they come here to pray, how are we going to pray them through if we never do? How are we going to pray them through if we don't actually practice, I got to just say, practice what we teach and preach? We need to be, we need to be in, the, in the spirit of prayer. We need to be in the spirit where we've reached out, where we've touched God that night. Where we're able to give something where we're not in the place that where we need something. I know there's times we have need, but when we come to this house, we need to be prayed up. I mean, I appreciate everyone being here. But we could have come earlier, and if it's amazing what will happen. I'll just testify of something that was happening in the, when the bus is outside here. It was, it's been about a month ago. We walked out there, and the kids started coming out. And I mean to tell you, all of a sudden, these girls, two girls got together. They started fighting. This one was jumping up and down like a pogo stick, ready to pounce on this other one. And we was like, my goodness, I had to get up there and kind of push one this way while... While the other brother, Brother Eric, was t trying to get the other girl to push back. That was one week. The next week, we'd get out there, and this little girl had a whole, she was a little black girl. She's precious, but you know how they had that weave in their hair? Well, that girl had reached up, and she'd snatched the weave out of this other girl's head. And I mean to tell you, they were hot, boy. They were <laughs> and they were mad, and they were fighting. Then the next week, we go out there. The very next week, all of a sudden, the kids just explode. 
and they walk around out in the buses almost like I felt Satan. I mean to tell you, I felt a spirit moving amongst those people. I thought, what in the world is going on? And I told Brother Eric, how come we're not, we need to pray out here. I'm not saying, saying but I just, it just come to me, you know. Finally, it got through my thick head. You know, we need to pray out here before the buses get here. So we started praying <laughs> and started rebuking these devils and started binding spirits that might be coming against them. And the very next week, <laughs> we didn't even notice the kids coming in and getting on the buses. They just got on the bus and left. It was just... Amen. The only authority, the only thing that the devil understands is authority. And Elijah is standing up in the authority of the Lord. And here we are. We're going to say, this is going to take me about a few minutes. We're going to be done. Repair the altar of the Lord, which was broken down. And Elijah took 12 stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. Amen. And with the stones he built in the altar, and in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench about the altar, as great as would contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood in order, and he, he cut the bullock in pieces and laid them on the wood, and, and said, fill four barrels of water. Now you realize we're in the middle of a drought on the top of a mountain. <laughs> you don't always find water on the top of the mountain. You got to go down to the valley somewhere to get the water. You don't find water gushing out of tops of mountains. So these 850 sick prophets of Baal, they had to go somewhere, I don't know where they went, and get four kettles of water, pour it on Elijah's sacrifice. Then he said, do it again. So they did it again. And he said, do it again. I think they made him do it four times until it completely drenched the altar, completely covered it all, and the trench that he dug around it was now plumb full of water. And there was a 850 prophets of Baal that was sure glad he didn't say to do it again. <laughs> amen, amen. And then Elijah begins to pray. This is how powerful your prayers are. This is how powerful our prayers are. This is how powerful it is you touching God. It's not so much that I can pray. It's not so much Sister Hanchi can pray. Everyone in there, friends, it's your relationship with God. It's you reaching out and saying, Jesus, I need you. It's you reaching out and saying, God, will you do something for me? You have to do it. I can't do it for you. Nobody, we can and we do. We say we pray for each other and we do. But it has to come out of your mouth. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near. And <laughs> this is not a big, long prayer. He didn't jump up and down. He didn't scream or holler. He says, Lord God of Abraham, uh, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. You can only say that if you've prayed. You can only say that if you've actually heard from God. Because faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. Verse 37, he says, Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. See, friends, it's just about to happen. Revival. It's just about to happen. Revival. 
The world wants to say that it isn't going to happen, but I'm here to tell you, we're not serving Baal. There's going to be revival. There's going to be sinners come to the altar. There's going to be people saved. And verse 38 said, Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. It burned it all, even the stones. And there wasn't a single soul there that day that didn't know that the God of Israel was the God of Elijah. Now, folks, now, folks, it's our time. The devil's trying to rise up Baal in this land. The devil's trying to rise up heathenism in this land. The devil's trying to rise up hell in this land. But we're not serving Baal. We're bending our knee to God. We're going to hear from the Lord. And let me tell you, there's going to be revival in the land. If you got a lost friend, you got a lost brother, you got a lost sister, you need to get them to the house of God as soon as possible. Because let me tell you, folks, the day of the Lord is at hand. The day of the Lord is at hand. You see it in this world. You see that by the things that are happening, it's getting closer and closer and closer. Right now, they're talking about a peace deal in, in Israel. It's probably not going to happen. They haven't been able to do it for 4,000 years. They're probably not going to do it now. But... They have found evidence, and I'm, it's speculation right now, but they found evidence, and it biblically fits, and a lot of things actually fit, that the, that the city of David, or Mount Zion, was where the original temple may have been. And if they find out that's true, and it's accepted, they can build the temple again, and not tear down the Dome of the Rock, leave it where it is. It's amazing if, if it's true, what I've heard, I don't know, it's speculation, but but they said that, the, that the, where the Muslim temple is over the Dome of the Rock, that that was where Jesus was tried and where he was accused. And it's interesting that the accuser would build his temple over the rock of the accuser. Over the rock. Since he is the accuser of the brethren. Folks, I'm done here. You guys on the music, come on up. Come on up. Come on up, come on up. Remember, it was a drought. Remember, there wasn't no rain. Remember, there wasn't none happen, things happening. And then after that, Elijah goes up and does what, what is going to happen to this world. There's going to be a river of living water. There's going to be rivers of salvation. There's going to be, there's a, when the Holy Ghost comes down, there's going to be living water. It's going to come. It's going to start flowing through the land. And it came to pass... And meanwhile, that the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain. And it said, And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. And the hand of the Lord was upon Elijah. And it said, He girdled his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Friend, Ahab actually repented that day. Ahab made it right. Ahab got it together. Folks, this is your chance. This your opportunity. We don't care what you've done, what sin you've done. It don't make any difference. You know, God knows, that's all that counts. But I'm here to tell you this. God will forgive you if you'll just come and ask. God will forgive you if you'll just come and say, God, i got some problems. Will you help me straighten it out? God, I've done some things. I'm not proud. I've done some things I shouldn't have done. But God, if you help me. Yeah, God, if you help me. You begin to pray. Let me tell you, folks. When, I, when God brought me to that altar that night, 
I had sin in my life and junk in my life. And when I bent my knees and began to pray, tears began to flow. There was a puddle of tears on that altar when I was done. Amen. I cried almost all night long because for the first time in my life, for the first time in my life, I reached out for God and He was there. I reached out for Him. I reached out for His mercy. And it was there. And friend, I want to tell you tonight, it's there for you if you need it. It's there. His healing is there if you need it. His grace is here if you need it. God, we give you the praise and we thank you, God, right now. Lord, for each and every one that's coming to this altar tonight, make yourself real. Touch, anoint, strengthen, encourage. Lord, for those that are coming here tonight, let the fire of the Holy Ghost fall upon them. Let them feel that blessing. Let them feel your presence. Let them feel your spirit. Lord, let us be revived tonight because we're not serving Baal. We're not serving Baal. We're living for you, Lord. We're living for you. God, we give you praise. We give you praise. That's it, everyone. That's it. Lift up your voice. Lift up your hands. Lift up your heart to God. Talk to Him. Tell Him what you need. Tell Him what you need. He's hearing you right now. He's hearing you right now. Lord, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, bless the Lord. Your servant. That's it. Says, go ahead. Praise God. Praise God. That's it, brother. Go ahead. Touch him tonight. Lord, we love you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. As it says, go ahead. Touch him tonight. He can be found tonight. He can be found tonight. Lord, we praise you. We praise you. We praise you. We praise you. God, we thank you, Lord, for your kindness, your goodness. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your mercy, for your forgiveness. And Lord, we receive it tonight. We accept it tonight, God. Lord, we praise you, God. We praise you, God. We praise you, God. Lord, we thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. That's it, young man. Go ahead. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Go ahead. Talk to the Lord. Lord, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You can have the Holy Ghost if you ask Him. You can have the Holy Ghost if you ask Him. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your touch. Touch my brother, Lord. Keep your hand upon him. Bless him, Lord, to win souls, to be a soul winner in Hutchins and Kansas. Lord, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. That's it, sis. Go ahead. That's it, that's it, that's it. Talk to the Lord tonight. Make a rededication. Lord, we ask you, Lord, to touch my brother and sister tonight, God. Touch them with your love, with your hand of mercy, your hand of grace. God, we give you.